It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. You are locked and loaded here on Wrestling Inc.'s channel to talk a little wrestling here with Jimmy, with Issa, and with yours truly, Justin. Hello and good evening to everybody checking us out live. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night to any of you checking us out sometime after this. We appreciate all of you around the world. As I said, I'm here in Pittsburgh. Jimmy's up in Toronto. Issa's down in Puerto Rico. All across North America, we got you covered. We got your analysis. We got your, we're going to pontificate. We're going to speculate. We're going to predict. And you're going to like it or you're not going to like it, but you're going to watch and listen anyways. <laughs> Ladies first, Isa, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. It's been beautiful. I just took a break. Got to enjoy my beautiful island. It was 90 degrees, you know, cocktails by the beach. I'm refreshed, ready to go. Hey, yo. Jimmy Corderas, <laughs> uh, Toronto living. What's going on up there? Uh, same old, same old. Uh, it's winter up here. So, you know, you get your winter weather and that's, yeah, hey, you know what? I grew up with it all my life and I'm, you know, indifferent. Let's put it that way. I'm used to it. Yeah. You're, you're indifferent. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. What about uh, you, well, Justin Labar? How are you in Pittsburgh? Well, as I told Jimmy just before we started, uh, today was, uh, again, an un uh, you know, it's a, it was like 71. Um, you know, I spent rarely most... cold for this time, like rarely hot for this time of year. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I didn't get to enjoy too much of it. I'm, I was uh, stuck mostly either in a boardroom or inside of an arena uh, today. Oh, fun. That's where, that's where I will be for the next few days. But hey, that's all good. Uh, makes makes enjoying tonight all the more important for me. Right. Uh, as the next few days are going to be a grind. Before we get into Dynamite, uh, we will touch on some news headlines. Before we get into some news headlines, here's my uh, reminder. Uh, again, love the support for the podcast, this one, or any of the other nights here on the Wrestling channel. Please leave a five-star review on the channel. Leave a comment on the podcast. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Maybe they tell a friend. And this thing keeps on growing. Uh, again, if you're watching us live, we appreciate it. But on the archive, video or audio, whatever you fancy, uh, you can enjoy this. And uh, we hope you keep sticking with it. And uh, I love for you, as always, as I say, this tweet at me or any of us and let us know. Uh, where in the world you are? What are you doing? Are you are you at work? Are you commuting? Are you just bumming around the house? Uh, what what is it that's keeping this podcast part of your uh, your your routine? So love to hear that. Let's jump over to some news headlines uh, before we get into Dynamite. And both these news headlines are actually more centered around WWE. Uh, this first one, uh, a, a real a bit of real life here coming in. Uh, WWE. Uh, star Sonia Deville, real name Daria Bar uh, Uh It looks like she uh, was arrested last month, as we're now, we're now learning, uh, specifically on February 19th, as we're, is, uh, when the incident allegedly took place, uh, arrested for unlawful possession of a firearm. Now, a key to remind everybody here, uh, or inform if you're not aware of this, she had a very scary situation a couple of years ago, back in 2020, with a, a stalker who was literally stalking outside of her home, um, with who had the intent to it seems like had the intent to kidnap and it, it was a whole big thing it was, it was really really scary so uh she had since after that um she was granted an exp an expedited permit to carry a handgun in her home state of florida that's key so she has this handgun cleared uh to have it in florida well it looks like uh she had traveled to atlantic city uh she had just recently announced an engagement she had traveled to atlantic city to celebrate this big uh, this big occasion, and there was a mix-up with the valet attendant that resulted in the attendant searching her glove compartment in an attempt to identify the owner of the vehicle via registration. 
the handgun was found in the glove compartment and then authorities were contacted. Uh, so basically she did not have a permit to be holding this gun in the state of New Jersey. Uh, and that's what led to the arrest. So uh, it's, in terms of her future, she has been advertised and reasons it's, it's still being promoted and she's endorsing on social media for a match at Madison Square Garden. It's a non-televised live event that they're doing uh, in a couple weeks, uh, March 12th specifically. So it doesn't seem like whatever happened uh, a couple weeks ago uh, with that arrest is going to prevent her from being uh, for continuing to working, nor is WWE going to uh, at least publicly punish her in, in any way. Uh, Jimmy, this is a, this is a, an odd story. Um, obviously you never want to see any headline that involves a talent being arrested, but I think the context is key here. Uh, it doesn't seem like she was maliciously tr- doing anything wrong. Yeah, here it's, and I don't want to get into the debate, and I don't want the fans to get it, or those tuning in to get into the debate, uh, the handgun debate, should they, should they carry, and whatever this case may be. What it was, was a big mistake by uh, by her, you know, traveling to New Jersey with this gun still in possession in her glove compartment. You have to be cognizant um, when you're carrying firearms of the law, and just you know, yes, in this in her home state, she is allowed to carry it. If she knew she was going to Atlantic City, that's one of the one of those little details you got to take care of and be aware that you have this weapon in your vehicle. I am leaving the state, therefore I cannot carry this. Or I don't know if there's a law saying that you can hide it in your trunk or something, but it was accessible. Yeah, I, I like I don't know the law, so I can't speak to that. But something tells me that. E- Anywhere in the car would be not, you know, acceptable lawfully if she doesn't have a permit in the state of New Jersey. And uh, and that also means that she traveled through other states. Yeah. Uh, state, you know? So it's, it's, it's not to get very wordy here. I think it was a big error on her behalf. I don't think there was a malicious intent. It just a big mistake. Let's put it that way. Yeah, Isa, I mean, it's an error, but I, I absolutely believe that she just forgot that it was there and and just happened to travel and and uh, i don't know I, what's your reaction when you, when you hear the, the story and then the context of this i have a lot of reactions number one why is this ballet employee going through her stuff like was this visible did she have it just fully out there that he felt the need to do that or was he or was he going through the car literally that is the first thing that i thought about because i thought the story was so odd um in addition to that like what jimmy said i have to back that up if it is a right in the country to carry. I think after what happened to her, there is no questioning why she should be carrying. It's a matter of just making sure that you have everything to make it a legal thing. And in addition to that, we have seen a lot of stories of other talent, you know, breaking the law and WWE handling it the exact same way. Like, hey, this person is responsible for what they do during their, you know, outside of WWE time. A lot of people were like, "Would she have hit for this? And I feel like, I don't know, I, I would assume that Driving drunk is probably worse. You know, I don't know. I guess if you're being illegal, it's being illegal is a concept no matter what. But I've seen things that I would assume are worse being taken lightly. So I don't see this affecting anything that she does in the future. I just truly hope that she gets it taken care of to where it's legal everywhere because I don't blame her for wanting to carry after the horrible experience that she went through. Yeah, I I, I agree to that. I don't I I that was one of the things I took away from this is that she has it to, to have in her home state, which okay, great. You know, that's where uh, the, the, the stalking and the trauma took place and that's where she lives. But, but, you know, she travels so much, she travels all around the country. Um, 
you know, I, I could, and yeah, she can't be boarding flights with it. And I was, that's, that's how they're traveling off for work. But I, I'd still think because she's a public person and she is going to want to still travel on her own, you know, in the car, what have you, you know, yeah, I think uh, certainly I would be on a priority list to try to get the clearance to be able to have that protection uh, on you and with you uh, in more places than just her home state. But nonetheless, a, a very bizarre story. Um, but uh, seems like everything's going to work out. Okay. Again, she's, Still being advertised for an upcoming match. It doesn't. And then again, this this incident is is believed to have took place February nineteenth. So, uh, it, it, I would assume probably a lot of this has probably already been cleared and taken care of by the lawyers. And we move on. But definitely something worth uh, worth noting there. Uh, this next story. Uh, this is a <laughs> this has got people buzzing. Of course, uh, not always for positive, but it's buzzing nonetheless. Uh, we do know, or we think we know, that Brock Lesnar is going to be taking on Omas at WrestleMania. Uh, this, of course, has brought a lot of speculation from people. Is this a match a Triple H would book? Is this a Vince McMahon match that would be booked? Uh, according to Fightful Select, uh, this match, if it in fact takes place between Omos and Brock Lesnar, is uh, way down on the list of the attempts of what WWE wanted to do with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Fightful Select reporting the first name that was floated as a potential opponent for Lesnar was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, approach with a big money offer to face Lesnar. This apparently, this offer apparently came in late in the summer after Vince had re- retired. Um, Austin turned the match down. That led to them pitching Austin to Roman Reigns as an alternative idea, uh, I guess, but for a little bit less money. That didn't happen, uh, of course, as, as we've, you know, as we're, as we're not seeing. Um, after Austin, Lesnar's next potential opponent was, according to an internal WWE document, from this past fall was going to be Lesnar versus Intercontinental Champion Gunther. Uh, that idea apparently was scrapped, um, and no real reason is given according to Fightful Select, other than it was noted that uh, his Intercontinental title wouldn't have been on the line in the proposed match. Bray Wyatt was pitched. According to this report, Brock himself shot that one down. Um, and so finally, uh, uh, you know, they, they talked about maybe Lesnar versus Lesnar. Continuing that, of course, we did see them in Elimination Chamber. And finally, we got into Omos. Uh, but it also is noted that there is an undisclosed backup plan if they decide not to do the Omos match. So, <laughs> Issa, you're our resident Brock Lesnar uh, tracker here. Um, what do you make of the match, the potential match versus Omos? And what do you make of the story of how we've gotten here? There's so much. So much that has gone through my mind. Some of the stories that were pitched are, are matches that I want to see Brock in. I mean, the Stone Cold Brock match has been teased for so long at this point, right? Uh, and, and we saw Stone Cold take quite a couple of pretty strong bumps when he did that match against Kevin Owens because I always worry about Brock is known to be stiff. He fights a little bit more rough, so you probably want to make sure that, but he's also a, probably a pro. But that worries me for Stone Cold. Bray Wyatt, I remember when they had the chance to do it, everybody was hot for the match, and they just completely blew it before WrestleMania 32. Omas is just not somebody that I would have picked as my top choice. Gunther, the reaction, I was in the building, the reaction for the two of them just staring down. I feel like there's so much that you can do with Brock. I am very glad that they're putting Brock in a Lowering the card and because a lot of people didn't want to see him in the main title picture anymore. So we're doing that now. Omas is just not a match that makes me go, oh my God, I'm going to buy this PLE. I'm going to subscribe to Peacock. I'm going to go to this event live. I don't know that it would do that to a lot of people. 
So, yeah, I feel like everything that was pitched was better than what we might end up with. And that's just that. That's not a match I want to see Brock Lesnar in. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, you and I have talked about Brock versus Omos on Monday nights. And I think we're both kind of in the same field. It's not our favorite, but it is a fresh opponent. And it is there is a potential to really build an attraction here. Of what can, can, can Brock F5, this guy, Katie Suplex, and all that stuff. But uh, in the context of learning from this report, if that's how things have gone down internally, uh, in the context of that, what do you make of, of, of this booking journey to get Brock a WrestleMania match? It, it, it's it's so uh, convoluted. It's unreal, you know, with all these different opponents that were uh, suggested or, or, you know, as they say at the <laughs> card subject to change, this is the, the absolute definition of that. And, uh, you know, you, you think of the potential matchups. The one that intrigued me the most was the one with Gunther or Gunther. Uh, that's the that's the matchup that intrigued me the the, the most that that didn't happen, you know what I mean? Like yes, the Stone Cold one would be cool, but at the same time, like Isa said, Brock, uh, you know, doesn't work light. Let's put it that way. And you know, Stone Cold is you know coming back for a match, so you know there is that potential to to get injured. So I could understand why Steve wouldn't want to work that match, not because he thinks that Brock would intentionally want to hurt him or anything like that, but it just it's the like uh, the possibility of it happening increases when it's someone who works the way Brock works. Um, and like you, I am kind of intrigued to see how they tell this story at WrestleMania with Omos. Uh, but he wouldn't have been my first choice. Let's put it that way. I would have rather have seen him. I would have rather even seen him against Bobby one more time because they left that open-ended kind of at, at Elimination Chamber in some kind of match like 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 we talked about, uh, a pit match with a special guest referee like someone like a Ken Shamrock or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of with you with the Steve Austin. I mean, the Stone Cold, that would have been the fresh opponent. The one match that never got to happen. Of course, Austin's famous walkout, and which mm-hmm. he since regretted. But that, you know, you know, the the closest we ever got, if anything, was Stone Cold and Brock was Stone Cold being the ref for the uh, tra- the tragedy that was Brock versus Goldberg. Um, but I, I agree, you know, Steve having such a delicate and bad neck, and just the way that what you got to take if you're going to work a Brock match, um, I, I, I can see why that would just not be appealing to do. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I think I think we will get the Gunther match eventually between him and Brock. I, I have to suspect if they scrapped it from WrestleMania, it's it's only because they have a different i know wrestlemania is the biggest but they might say look this is something that could be higher up on the card than where it's going to fall compared to the rest of the stack mania let this be a featured bout whether it's SummerSlam, money the bank whether it's one you know we keep we keep hearing they're going to continue to do more events uh overseas uh obviously you know gunther is european so maybe that plays into you know let's, let's again let's give him the Let's give him the the, the, the home continent <laughs> advantage uh, over Brock. So, yeah, this is um, it's wild to hear that this many ideas have gone through, and 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 again in the report of Brock, of apparently him being the one to turn down Bray Wyatt. Um, you know, I guess Brock maybe Brock didn't want to go to the Firefly Funhouse and, and do any of that. I don't know, but uh, yeah, certainly certainly something we'll keep our eye on. And, and until we until we get an official WrestleMania match graphic. Until a match is officially on that match graphic, and uh, I, I guess we're all going to kind of just wait and see. Because as a, as as a, as a noted, an undisclosed backup is still there. I'm not sure what that would be, but we'll keep watching for that. All right, it's going to do it here with our news headlines again. WrestlingInc.com news headlines twenty four seven seven days a week. Make sure that you uh, are uh, got that bookmarked or saved. 
uh, for all of your wrestling news. All right. Um, and Sophie, uh, super chat here saying they could have done Brock for Somas at the Saudi pay per view. Um, I agree. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, all right. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and jump into AEW Dynamite tonight. Coming from San Francisco and good on commentary to put over tonight several times the uh, historic venue that is the Cow Palace. A lot of wrestling history there. Did that several times. Always appreciate that. Uh, we kick it off with an all-Atlantic championship match. Your champion, Orange Cassidy, up against Big Bill. And uh, Big Bill dominated a lot of this match. Uh, really, uh, you know, big man versus, you know, Smaller man in Orange Cassidy, choke slamming him through a table. Uh, Orange Cassidy really getting creative to try to chop the big guy down. He even does an orange punch to the knee. I kind of like that nice touch there to try to chop uh, Bill down. And finally, it did take three orange punches in a row uh, with the last one coming from the top rope for Orange Cassidy to get the one, two, three and retain his title against Big Bill. Uh, Jimmy, uh, I'm a big fan of Big Bill. I spoke about it. We've we, we talked about, you know, big guys losing too much or not being treated as well. He lost, but I did think that. There was a decent effort in this match to make Big Bill look the way he should look against Orange Cassidy. Um, and, and the fact that it took Orange Cassidy three of those punches, and I've never seen him do it from the top rope. Maybe that's just um, maybe a bad memory. But I like that it took something extra to defeat Bill. On, on that point, I will agree with you. But at the same time, Big Bill is a guy, like you said, a big guy that needs to get a push and putting him in this situation. Yes, he dominated most of the match. He did all this stuff, you know, to, to uh, Orange Cassidy, but Orange Cassidy, in my opinion, didn't sell enough for the big guy. Yes. He went through the table. Yes. He did all this stuff uh, outside the ring to him, but at the same time, he kept coming back from everything. And, and especially going into the finish, I didn't think he, he gave enough, did enough selling for, for the big guy, little guy scenario. That being said, I don't think this match did any favors for Big Bill, despite the fact it took three three punches and the third one coming off the top. Still, he need he I don't want to say this is the Wardlow syndrome because they seem to be of trying to reset the dial with Wardlow, but at the same time, again, no favors for him. I think uh, this match did more damage in his future for his future than helped him. Let's put it that way. Because like we always say, you can get over without going over. He didn't get over or go over in this match. Issa, do we need to get Big Bill out of this, being a part of this stable with Stokely, where nobody else really seems like they're winning much anyways? So at least, again, not on Dynamite. Yes, and we need to get him away from having to sell from, he's, he's so realistic. I'm sorry, I couldn't I couldn't get into this. Uh, I'll say it. You opened Dynamite with Orish Cassidy for, I think this is three weeks in a row. If I didn't have to cover it, I would have flipped the channel. Like you gotta, you gotta pace it differently. You gotta mix it up. It's the same thing over and over, you know. So, just just the fact that we hear the exact same music we heard last week and the week before, uh, a lot of convoluted stuff. The selling on Orange Cassidy was not convincing enough. Like you have this big, intimidating-looking guy, and you're just like getting right back up from a table spot. He did look dead for like three seconds, and then. He just came right back up. And I get your point. Like, it did take a lot of offense for him, but he felt predictable. I didn't like the selling. I could not get into this match at all. And I also didn't think it was a good start. It wasn't a good opener. Well, I, I, I'm i okay with him starting with Orange because apparently that does something. Every week, like, Justin? Well, well, Every well, week? I mean, well, I don't, they don't need to do it again next week. But I, <laughs> I can understand he, he apparently does some, some 
Yeah, apparently numbers dictate that he he does pretty well with the audience. But uh, but I, I agree. Yeah, because Pink- they're watching Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I but I do agree. I, I want I, I want more for Big Bill. I feel like they got something there. He's he's a he's a still a young guy uh, in great great shape. He's got his life on a great path. Uh, and again, he's got you know with the audience with the wrestling audience that he's got credibility. He's been you know he, he he's been on some big stages. So um, yeah, hopefully I just I don't think this this. This group so if you're watching Big Bang Theory and you stayed over and you watch Orange Cassidy just roll out of the ring for the first five minutes of Dynamite, you will stay. If you weren't a wrestling fan, let's just suspend your disbelief for me for a second. And you watch them just roll over and run around the ring. You will stay in the channel. Like That will draw numbers. That will sell pay-per-views. This is a go-home show. For a pay-per-view, we have four months to build. And that will make you stay and watch the pay per view. I've been a wrestling fan. I've been a wrestling fan for 32 years. I can I can't put myself in a hypothetical if I was. Yeah, you can. You should be able to if we're doing this for a living. Yes, you can. (laughs) I'm not good at that one. That's a hard one for me to. It's hard for me to judge because you know, like you said, if it's someone who's not a wrestling fan and they tune in, they see the Orange Cassidy character. I don't know if they they could buy into that character. Not the character, as, as a character, just the whole doing that thing for like five minutes straight on the opening of the match. If if any if anything maybe. Send Big Bill out first, because okay, if you want to do the whole non-wrestling right? thing, let me, let me let me let me let me. If if you're a dude, you're looking at this dude who's like, oh my god, that dude's jacked. If you're a girl, you're probably looking at this guy like, holy shit, like who is he? Um, right. So you know, that's, yep. that would be my guess. Then have Orange mm-hmm. Cassidy come out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or don't do the whole. Let's just roll out of the ring and do this whole running. That's a picture-in-picture spot. Not what you open the show with. That's my whole point. Save it for the picture-in-picture when nobody's watching. But if I just tune in or I stayed over. Then, like, let me see the whole, okay, this little guy beat this big guy instead of just playing the whole, I'm just going to run around the ring. It's hard mm-hmm. to get into if that's how we're going to start the show. Right. Uh, Sheldon Jackson with the uh, Super Chat 499. Thank you, Sheldon, saying the All-Atlantic title seems pointless at this point. At least when Pac was champ, he defended it across Europe, and now the title is just there. Um, I, don't, I, I get his point, but at the same time, it, that's not the issue I have with it. With, with Orange Cassidy as the champion, it almost – makes me feel like I'm watching a different version of the 24 seven championship. It's, it's, mm. it's, it's more, more haha than it is, a, you know, like a fight, like we saw later on in a championship match, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say, I mean, the, the TNT title, even though it's, even though it's, there's been some questionable booking to it, the TNT title at least does have some credibility to me. Obviously the world title is a world title, but yeah, they got the all Atlanta title and eh. then they have the fictitious FTW title, which is not really why really, I don't know up, up against it's this, this matches for the FTW championship. Let, let's stop. I, I know, I know we're big ECW fans, uh, Tony Khan, but let's, I don't think we need the FTW belt. We'll right. Get to that later. Uh, we get to, I'm going to combine two segments uh, here uh, as, as one thing to touch on. We, they immediately go to a promo that was recorded just after Dynamite went off the air and Moxley got backstage. A, a promo where he is still dripping the fresh blood from the wounds. He is on uh, a set of steps and it's just it is just raining blood on several of these steps. Uh, all I can think is I hope to God they, they clean and sanitize that as well as possible for that building. <laughs> and he's just screaming, uh, just t- obviously hyping up the Texas Death Match that's going to be between he and Hangman Page. And then later we got a, a uh, pre-recorded promo from Hangman Page and a bedazzled Willie Nelson shirt, by the way. Mm-hmm. I want to point that out? Uh, and he cuts his promo uh, again. I'm not really going to. I'm not going to go into the minutia of what they said. Both men are just ready to to to, to fight and fight to the death and bleed in this in this. What's going to be a very violent Texas death match? I, I we have to assume. Isa, mm-hmm. uh, this was uh, a- a- everything on the card for 
the pay-per-view did get some, got, get some sell tonight. They, they addressed everything. Um, how did how did this come over? How did this go over rather with you uh, for the final sell of tune in to watch this death match? Yeah, I mean, you, it added a little bit of hardcore. It added a little bit of like I don't know. I don't know how to describe what I'm trying to say here, but he it was just a badass here, right? The the blood. You have a rematch. This is a what what are they? This is a fourth match. So you have to add a little more passion into these promos to get people to really get into this match. I liked it. Um, it, it added a little bit different from your typical Moxley yelling a lot of very intense things backstage. He did the exact same thing, but I did think that the blood added a little bit to it. I wish he wasn't doing it all the time. I wish we didn't see this this blood all the time. But does it does it add to it? Yeah, it does. But again, this is the four guy, the fourth time we're gonna see these guys going at it. So I enjoyed the intensity of Moxley more than the bedazzled shirt. And the spit on the ground <laughs> thing later. Uh, Jimmy, um, I, I'm guessing Texas Deathmatch is not your first choice at the buffet, but mm-hmm. we're going to have one. There's story here. There's a lot of story and history behind Mox and Paige. Uh, so where, where, what lane are you in as we uh, are days away from this? Uh, I'm not in the right lane. I'm not in the left. I'm in the middle lane. Let's put it that way. I am looking forward to this match because, like you said, there is a story behind it. There is uh, intensity behind it. But I couldn't help thinking that when I saw this video segment of showing him uh, from last week, look, he's not even live on the show tonight, and we still get him bleeding John Moxley on television. (laughs) You know, it's almost like a running gag now. And that's the thing. And Issa said, yeah, it made it feel special. It it did it, though. I don't – it's still – I don't know. He needs to stop bleeding for at least a few months before I wouldn't we say see it special, again. Jimmy. I think it added intensity. Yeah, that's, okay. That's the, right. Yeah, that I will definitely agree with. It did add intensity, but at the same time, like you said, when you see it constantly every week, you know, how much intensity does it add? You know what I mean? It, yes, it does add a little bit of intensity because you're seeing it there. It's dripping, and the camera even panned down to the stairs where it was dripping, and you can see it actually dripping. Uh Yes, I am looking forward to this match, but I just, I don't know how they're going to, you know. How are they going to top? Yeah, I mean, you're, yeah. you're, you're promoting the Texas Deathmatch, and, and for the four weeks in the past when you've had just normal regulation matches, regular matches, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're bleeding like a stuffed pig. So it's like, yeah. if, you, if, if you bleed any less than what you have on free Dynamite, uh, consciously or subconsciously, I think to some fans, it's going to be a little bit of a disappointment. So I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah. Uh, morbidly curious yes. of what they're going to do. But imagine, like, you had the crazy person screaming on the stairs, leaking blood everywhere against mm. the guy peacefully talking in the horse ranch with a bedazzled mm. shirt. <laughs> it was weird. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad they didn't show him back to back. I'm not glad they at least let an hour slip right? 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 <laughs> Talk about opposite ends of the spectrum, huh? That would have been like an SNL skit. <laughs> you know, the bloody guy screaming in the stairs, and then, uh, yeah, and like some soft, calm music uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, from from the the horse farmer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, uh, so that's that was our sell to the Texas Death Match. Uh, next up is the sell to the trios title. We get what is the start? Uh, we hear the Kansas song and the start of the elite's entrance, and then it's immediately cut to black. Everything is silent. Uh, lights back up, at least partially. We see the silhouettes of the House of Black standing behind them. Lights back off. It's more of that mystery of use your imagination, what terrible things are being done in the dark. 
lights back up. The elite are left lane. House of Black standing there holding the titles. Uh, Issa, I thought this was I thought this was well done. It was quick. It didn't need to be much longer. Um, it, it gave it gives us a little bit more juice into this trios match. Um, I, I don't know. I thought this was was well done production wise. It was very well done until we turned the lights off later on for something completely different, mm-hmm. which wouldn't have done that later on because I actually did think this was efficient. I liked it. House of Black looked badass. It was a great way. You don't They typically don't use the elite this way. So I did think it added a little bit of a holy crap factor like in the middle of their entrance. You know, I always say, we're, we're suckers for entrance as wrestling fans. So you, you can't take that away from us. And they mm-hmm. did that. It was going great until we saw lights uh, lights go off against later on and later on it takes away from the moment you did it but at this point without watching the rest of the show i actually really like what they did here and then they did the continuation later on i'm sure you'll get into it but we saw them take the titles and later on they cut a backstage promos while still having the titles making it appear that they really did clear these three titles from the elite so i i thought this was okay i liked it yeah jimmy i like the the portion of us part of this i liked is like i, I briefly touched on I like the fact they let the beat down be in the dark and you didn't, and the, mm-hmm. you know, the viewer at home, which is the more important than the viewer at home didn't see anything, only heard a little bit of, of grunting and groaning. That's all you needed. Like you said, sometimes you don't have to show everybody everything, leave it up to the imagination. And now, you know, like you said, the lights go out. When we come back up from the, from the darkness, the elite is laid out. What did they do? How did they take them out? You know, it leaves all those questions and you want to find out more. You want to tune in more. You want to see where this leads to. And that's what we talk about all the time here is storytelling, telling a story, getting people invested in the story that's going on and wanting to tune in to see what happens next. And I think they did uh, did that very well tonight with this segment. Either of you think there's any chance the elite drops these trios titles? Mm, Probably not. No. I mean, I I think... uh, I think it would definitely benefit, uh, you know, the, the House of Black. Absolutely, the House of Black. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But yeah. uh, at the same time, mm, I don't know. Uh, they are a hot commodity right now in uh, uh, the Bucks and Kenny Omega. So, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I know they lost a few months of having the Bucks and Omega with those titles because they we got stripped of them for a little bit of time there after the you know everybody got sent home after the brawl out thing. But um, mm-hmm. I, I think. The Bucks and Omega are, 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 are going to still be as over as they they're they're still going to be as over as they are, even if they lose the titles. I, I mean, I think this is a chance to I mean, like let's let's strap some consistency to the House of Black here. That's that's how you book the finish. All of a sudden, uh, it looks like the big comeback by by the Bucks and Kenny Omega. The lights go out when we come back up. Whoever is legal in the ring is laid out. Cover one, two, three. What happened? Right. You know, the referee can't call what he doesn't see. Well, that's great. Um, you know, or, like but that. but then again, do they call anything? Then? <laughs> no, don't no, get don't. me started there. Don't get me started on that stuff. <laughs> well, no, no, they do. I agree with you on that, Justin. I feel that every once in a while, I want to see Omega back on a solos on the solos aspect of things, and then yeah. being tied down to this trios title. Even though we know he has another championship, I I would like to go back to see Omega have a solos run and with them doing this so i would i all i'm trying to say is i wouldn't be opposed i wouldn't be opposed to the young bucks going back to the tag team division and omega going back to having solo runs right now and real quick to jump back since we kind of can work our predictions in because last time we'll talk AEW uh with the texas death match moxley and hangman who's who's getting the victory moxley moxley 
right. What about you? I would like to believe that they would finally give Hangman something here and try to get this back. Uh, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. But 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 going into this, <laughs> for all the reasons we just joked about a minute ago, going into this, I feel like I feel like Hangman's going in uh, to a gunfight with a knife fight. <laughs> with a knife yeah. Fight, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, face of the Revolution ladder match. Uh, we got Ortiz, Eddie Kingston. They they kind of quickly fight off and disappear, so they're not really much of a factor in this. We got Takeshita. We got Sammy Guevara. We got Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, of course, local guy from the Bay Area. So he's got the crowd behind him. Uh, we got AR Fox. We got Action Andretti. We got Commander with a K making his debut. Um, Hobbs is over like Rover with the crowd. This. This commander, this 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 Luchador commander, uh, does some just amazing spots. Uh, w- walks uh, half the half the ring, essentially two sides of the ring, on the top rope to then dive off onto his uh, opponent's outside. Uh, d- does a d- then w- runs the top rope and does a shooting star press onto. Um, I forget who it was off the top of my head, but but they were on a ladder. Is they or Fox, uh, who's on who's on a, a ladder that's bridged uh, on the outside. I mean, just. Some scary moments, uh, blue thunder from Takeshita off the top of the ladder, and then a, a spot that Action Andretti, I think, did to Sammy, where it looked like Sammy's head was going to slice the side of a, of a ladder. A crazy match. Definitely one you got to go see. You have to see it to believe it. Um, t- total respect to everybody that was in this match mm-hmm. uh, for, for, for putting their bodies out there for the, for the, for the crowd. Uh, the end is going to come, though, Hobbs. <laughs> taking his body and bulldozing uh, Takeshita and the ladder to the point of where the ladder is bent so badly it cannot it cannot stand properly on its on its four four legs for him to then climb it. So Hobbs oh, climbs. We'll get the referees to hold it. Mm-hmm. Right Hobbs climbs. He gets the title. Or excuse me, not the title, but the, but the brass ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets the brass ring. He's going to have a match for the TNT title next Wednesday against the winner of Samoa Joe and Wardlow. Um... Yes, the big thing is Issa was just saying Hobbs wins it, which I think first off, can we all just we can all just shake heads. Hobbs oh, uh, is the right. He's the right. I choice. love, I love right. the finish. Love the finish. Love who won. I love okay. who won. Not the finish. I love who yeah. came out victorious here. One thousand percent. Hobbs is the right choice. He, you know, they they showed some vignettes over the weeks trying to kind of tell a backstory of him. He's a local guy, so it's a good good timing to do it in front of the crowd. And commentary alluded to this. He has history with both Joe and Wardlow, so it makes sense. It doesn't make their match Sunday predictable based upon who their next challenger is. Right. But let's talk about the thing I know we all want to talk about. Well, one of the themes I have of tonight's Dynamite is visuals. There were some good visuals tonight, which uh, uh, you know I'll touch on some of them as we go, and there were some bad visuals. One of the good visuals, as I said a minute ago, the, the seeing the House of Black standing over you know, in, the, in the silhouette. A bad visual, great. a bad visual, Jimmy, is Hobbs is standing there. And, it's, and I, okay, if you choose to do this, fine. Just don't shoot it and don't show it on TV. Hobbs is standing there to grab his brass ring. And he has all the referees, all the zebras mm-hmm. clutching at the ladder to hold it steady. It looks like the referees are giving him a, an assist. It, right. it's, it's just a weird visual. It takes away from the triumph. It takes away from the hero shot. No, I agree with that. And yes, I understand that it's done for the safety of the talent, but at the same time, then don't use an eight foot ladder, use a 10 foot ladder, use a 12 foot ladder. Make make the ladder you, what helps you get the, the brass ring, not the referees. It looks like they're biased when they do stuff like that. And it looks like they're, again, like I said, I get why they're doing it. 
like, but from a visual standpoint, it looks like, like you said, it's an assist from the referee. It's like going down to count and having your hand on the back of the guy covering one, two, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's how it kind of fight kind of feels. And uh, uh, it's just a, not a good visual. I know in the moment, you know, you're a lot of adrenaline's pumping. You've just done this this crazy match. I know in the moment, you know, it's it's. It, I'm, sure, I'm sure maybe he thought something different once he went through the curtain of what he could have done differently. But I guess the hindsight 2020 is, if you see the ladders that bad, that bad, just take 30. You got 15 other ladders out there. Take 30 seconds and get out and grab another one, mm-hmm. and, and 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 climb. I mean, you know, it's it. I, that's I don't know. Again, I know we get to be we get to hindsight book this, uh, but that was the one thing, and and I know it wasn't the only one. The visual is just like so. It's it's a cross mm-hmm. between Issa. It's like it's a cross between, like Jimmy said, you know, the referees. You know, it looks like a bias. It's like a cross between that or mommy and daddy are holding your hand. They have to st- the the stuntmen have to stabilize the ladder so you can do the. It it, 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 it I don't know. It, there's it, it, it does take something out of it. Referees have been holding ladders for years. We don't see it in the production. It's, it's all production. You have visuals. I have production on my notes where it was like, there's a lot of my complaints. I find them. Yes, we talked about maybe they should slow down with the blood. But I would rather, if you're going to keep bleeding, at least don't show how it's happening. There's a lot of little things that AEW could just change that could really change the product. Because like you said, so much respect for everybody in this match. So yeah. many insane spots. But when it was followed by a big flood on production, it really takes away from that. So it, it does it, it does take away a little bit. But again, I love some of the spots. Commander was insane. And I love the powerhouse powerhouse went over here. I want to see what happens with him, you mm-hmm. know, following this. That brass ring looks absolutely ridiculous too. Like we gotta we gotta do something different there. It just looks like a golden toilet seat. Like we get it. It was mm-hmm. it's a cute job, but again, production presentation is a big deal it looked like a cross between a golden toilet seat or it looks like one of those things that you'd uh use to save yourself in the ocean that they toss you to. Yeah. Or, or something you, you you'd use to sit on on a on a, on a park bench or something that's, that's yeah it's yeah, just yeah. not it's not cute it's not yeah. cute i think i popped for it the first time because it was like a literal brass rail and everybody was like okay good job but and let's, then, let's like you know let's like yeah. Tune things up at this point, and then, and then of course, to to just add more fuel to the fire or add more potatoes into the ba- ten pound bag, you know. Afterwards, we got the aftermath where you know Hobbs is walking up the ramp towards Samoa Joe with with the brass whatever you <laughs> ring we'll call it brass ring, and then you know Wardlow comes out and there's a big schmoz and you know one of the worst jobs in the world in AEW is being a security guy that has to break up a schmoz. Um, and just a lot going on. There was a lot of times throughout the night where they just didn't give things time to breathe and let the audience absorb and enjoy what they just saw before moving on to the next thing. It was like, okay, moving on. We got to go. Yeah. We should note some Joe was on commentary. And this is the only, um, this was the time for them to promote the Joe Wardlow match. So that was, mm-hmm. that, uh, that was them doing is having Wardlow come out. And that's, that's how they felt they needed to, uh, mm-hmm. to get it in there. So, Uh, Does Wardlow take back that TNT title? In your busy day-to-day life, the last thing you should need to worry about is home security. That's why I use the Eufy Video Lock. The Eufy Video Lock is a 3-in-1 smart lock, 2K camera, and doorbell. 
That's three functions to triple your security in one device that's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. And it's not just for security, it's also convenient. With keyless entry, fingerprints unlock the door in less than a second. You can also assign passwords to your family members and see them coming and going with the integrated camera. See who's at your door anytime with the enhanced night vision, 2K clear sight, and two-way audio. Unlike other brands, the Eufy Video Lock has no monthly fee. It also has an 18-month warranty and customer support on standby 24-7. I love this lock when I'm far from home or receiving a package and I'm laying on the couch and don't feel like getting up. For more information, search for Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can get complete control of your door. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Isa. I hope so. I hope so. Jimmy? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like Joe as champion and, and being sneaky in some form or fashion. But it, this being a three-way match, she doesn't have to be the one to eat the pin, at least, anyway. Right. No, no, no. Well, no, no. Hobbs doesn't... Uh, it's just Joe versus Wardlow, right? Hobbs, well, is, right. Hobbs is next week. Oh, that right, is. That's right. Yeah. Right, right. Sorry. There's another three-way coming up there. The ladies that sorry i got a little confused there but um uh it all depends again on how it's done you know they they you know they missed the boat a little bit with wardlow is this a chance to get them back on track and if they do does it feel like it's just them trying to right a wrong they did in the past in some fans eyes it may feel that way the, the to the enlightened but to to the casual fan maybe if there is one going to be tuning into this maybe they'll they'll grasp the Wardlow character the way he should be. Yeah, I think, I mean, they, 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 they did not capitalize on the lightning in the bottle that Wardlow had last summer. Uh, it slowed up, and then he got, and then he, it looks like he got hurt, so that made it even, you know, that, that then has him take the title off of him. This is the chance to reheat it and re- get back into it. I think, you get the title back to Wardlow, um, and then, you know what? I'm not saying it, has, I'm not saying forever, but, if, if now Ring of Honor officially kicks off now more regularly. I would, I would you if you if you're paying Samoa Joe. I think you you can you're going to get more impact out of utilizing Samoa Joe and trying to your ROH brand that you want people to pay for to watch. And he's so synonymous with ROH. I would move him over there for a little bit because I I think otherwise he's just going to get. I don't I don't think he's unless you're going to make Samoa Joe world champion. I don't think you're going to. Samojo's not gonna make the difference on Dynamite that he could make for something that's behind a paywall in the Ring of Honor. So I that's 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 the way I would treat things. Uh, again, if, if I was booking. Uh, so I'm gonna go Wardlow as well for Sunday. And then Wardlow versus Hobbs next Wednesday. That's a that's a hell of a that, that that's that's a that's a hell of a visual uh right there. Right. 
All right, we get Chris Jericho versus pretty Peter Avalon. Of course, Peter Avalon tried to go to the ring last week, and Jericho attacked him. So there's a little bit of uh, at least uh, reason of why Peter Avalon would have a problem with Chris Jericho. <laughs> Jericho wins pretty easily here. Uh, after the match, he tries to do the beatdown uh, with uh, Floyd the Bat. Ricky Starks comes out and gets Jericho out of the ring, but then Ricky is distracted uh, by Jericho and Hager and Daniel Garcia attack from behind. Of course, they're getting their licks in now because they are banned Sunday from ringside. Uh, Jimmy, again, they kind of at least, you know, the numbers game, again, once again, out outdoes Ricky Starks, which that's the thing that he's trying to move away from this Sunday. Uh, your gauge going into Ricky Starks versus Jericho, not the first time we've seen them, but uh, your, your gauge going into this pay-per-view match for them. I, I have faith in Chris Jericho. I think that's the thing. I think Chris can make, you know, we know Ricky Starks is a talented individual, but I think Chris Jericho could help make this match uh, m- memorable in certain ways, especially with the, the stipulation that uh, the Jericho Appreciation uh, Society cannot be present at ringside. So that makes it a little different. And and I'm sure that uh, Chris Jericho will find a creative way to get the win in this one. I, that's, I'm predicting Chris wins this in typical, sneaky, underhanded Chris Jericho fashion. Lisa? I am hoping for Ricky Starks here again, but because it's a rematch, I'm not sure how it'll go. I think uh, I'm trying to recall their first match, but it's been a while. But I think if he can beat them with JAS being allowed ringside, it doesn't make sense that he wouldn't be able to beat one-on-one. But we'll see how it goes. He might get attacked before the show. I don't know. I like Ricky Starks. I like his momentum. I'm hoping that he wins here. Uh, pointless match. Good. Good afterwards. Hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume this is gonna be a situation where Jericho's gonna say, "We're building this match is meant to be bigger. It's on pay per view." I'm, I'm gonna hope that Jericho's gonna say, "It doesn't make sense for me to win. It makes sense for you. Let's get you over right. here." So I'm gonna go Ricky Starks, and and, and that, that, that that's where I'm gonna, I'm gonna settle it, up. In my prediction. Okay, okay, but the, the, I'm just hoping that if Jericho does go over, which I think he might, it's it's a very sneaky and underhanded way, and I hope it's not the the the, the crappy ref distraction. <laughs> oh, wow. mm-hmm. uh, Tina Miller had a super chat here. Let's uh, talk with this. this. This is going on on social media right now. Uh, AEW just showed a video of Eddie Kingston saying he quits AEW. Uh, she says, says she's heard some spoilers about him and Ring of Honor. Uh, wasn't going to buy Honor Club, uh, but now she will. Yeah, I, I saw on a timeline here. I saw that he's being interviewed backstage, kind of near the exit door of the arena. I couldn't obviously couldn't listen to it because we're here on the air now. But um, uh, I mean, the, the, you know. That, that's an interesting situation. Obviously, Ricky Starks or Ricky Starks, Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston has been very vocal um, online and in interviews of of supposedly saying things that the office doesn't want him to say, and you know, he's kind of you know a rebel any any which way. Uh, and then if you actually look at tonight, which that all could be storyline, but then you look at tonight, and he was like quickly taken out of that. Yep. That immediately him and Ortiz. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so that would kind of, I mean, and and, and maybe you know, so it's it's hard to kind. Of, this is actually kind of hard to differentiate. Is are, are we leaning into something? Are we leaning into that he quits AEW, but he but he invades Ring of Honor? That would be something to get maybe people buzzing, as as Tina just said, it would get her attention. Or, uh, I mean, I have to imagine it's that because I don't understand why they would shoot something. If there's truly is problems with the office, I don't, I, I, you know, why you don't give him mic time, you know? Right, Ex- exactly, and that's exactly what I was thinking. This has to be some sort of angle because you don't, you don't shoot a shoot. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, for those of you Eddie Kingston fans, uh, 
Stay tuned. Stay tuned, and maybe that gives that gives more more rub over to uh, why you need to pay to see uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Ring of Honor. All right, here was a master class in heat. Renee brings out Christian Cage, uh, who did not have to. I mean, it just has the crowd in the palm of his hand. Um, said he was done. He had moved on from Jungle Boy until he heard Jungle Boy say earlier this year that this year Jungle Boy was going to win a singles title. And Christian said, no, you're not. I'm going to win a singles title in 2023. Uh, proceeds to run him down, takes shots at Jungle Boy's, of course, famously deceased father. Uh, he Christian delivers a line saying, your generation treats my business like a video game. Christian continues to go on just talking about the importance of business, the importance of money, why he's still on the top of his game. Uh, just, I mean, just wonderful stuff. And then challenges Jungle Boy to a fight. He kept saying fight on Sunday. Lights go out. We then see Jungle Boy on the screen digging a grave. We see flashbacks of the history and clips between he and Christian. And then we sh- and then it shows a tombstone with Christian Cage's name on it. Issa, there's a lot of story here. A lot of story here. And Christian's getting a lot of heat. But I know, as you alluded to earlier, the transition into the Jungle Boy stuff uh, yeah. a, little, a little tricky. It was all fun and games until Jungle Taker showed up. Jungle Taker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's I like all that. I got to say. I thought, I thought Christian Cage was doing an excellent job. I loved the heat. The crowd was barely letting him speak. The chant was beautifully done. Then you automatically turn the lights off, which, as I mentioned, we already saw earlier in the show. I know that's one of Jimmy's little things that you always mention. And then it was... <laughs> You know, it just felt very jungle taker, and I'll leave it at that term. Jimmy, I hope that um, I hope that every heel in that locker room is picking Christian's brain. I mean, I, just you watch that. How do you not want to pull him inside and say, "Give me some little tricks and tips"? Exactly. It was a master class on how a heel should present a promo, and like you said, that line where he said. You know, this generation treats this business like a video game. I treat it like an ATM. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he basically saying he's in it for the money and he knows how to make money in this business. And he does as a genuine heel. And everybody, you know, talks about, wow, there's no real heels anymore. MJF is a real heel. Christian is a real heel. They still draw money and people are intrigued right now and they want to see Jungle Boy get the better of him. And that's the whole thing idea behind it mm-hmm. and like you said Issa, they could have gone to this video package and him on the screen doing what he was doing they didn't have to kill the lights for it all he had to do was hey christian christian over here remember me and then just show him digging or whatever if you want if that's what you want to show if that's leading to a certain stipulation this for, for this pay-per-view but you know killing the lights again you did it earlier in the night, so this time it, it it just lost a little meaning. Let's put it that way. Yeah, uh, and maybe I, you know, again, we get to, we get to hindsight book this. Exactly. Um, maybe just maybe just let Christian's promo stand alone, and then later in the night sh- show that Jungle Boy almost as a yes. response. Mm-hmm. Yes, they you did. Know. They did a good job with that when when it came to the Moxie and Hangman. I think in this in this particular case, case it maybe would have helped a little bit more. Um, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I could have done 
could have done the video package with maybe NJF saying some words without the trouble and the tombstone. But, mm -hmm. you know, there's just nobody's ever going to do it better. So just don't try it. But imitation is the best form of whatever. You know, that's what they say. Okay. Again, they didn't <laughs> they didn't give stuff time to breathe. The, I, yes, right. I get it. This was a go-home show to the pay-per-view. But still, it doesn't mean you have to cram everything in tonight. Uh, it's right, all very random. Like, you're just like... You were gonna tag team like last week. You hesitated, and now you're turning to the Undertaker. It was weird, but I love what Christian Cage did, so I did enjoy this segment. I will say that. So, I mean, I think this is happening Sunday. They kept saying a fight. So, what do we expect? Are we does does Christian still get the better Jungle Boy to drag this on? I mean, this I mean, again, I, I people definitely want to see Christian get his ass kicked, but you might be able to make a case that this could you could get more business and, and programming out of this beyond this weekend in mm -hmm. which case christian would need to find a way to you know outsmart and outheal jungle boy what what what, what say you jimmy what what do you think is going to happen if these two get in a fight i think uh the, the like you said this has the uh, um the opportunity to become a elongated rivalry where christian just keeps escaping by the skin of his teeth and and putting one over on jungle boy and then when jungle boy finally gets his retribution make it a huge deal I, I would like to see Christian win here and get some heat. We did see Jungle Boy get a big victory in the last uh, pay-per-view for AEW, so I wouldn't mind seeing Christian win here. But it does feel like this feud has gone on forever. I do know that Christian getting injured didn't help the situation, but it does feel like these two have been feuding for two years now. Yeah. All right, so we'll uh, wait and see. All right, we got uh, Matt Hardy challenging for that FTW title. Up against Hook. Um, ultimately, here ref is distracted. They end Again. up hitting Hook. <laughs> they end up hitting Hook with the. Which, cast. Oh, sorry, sorry to cut you off, Justin, but I just wanted to mention that the referee distraction distraction was not shown on television. Mm. So it, 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 again, for the live audience, that's fine. But for the crowd at home, wondering what the heck just happened? Didn't the referee see him get pushed into the corner post? You know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. I just. No, before uh, I, before I forgot. <laughs> no, they, they they hit they hit hook with the cast, but it's a false finish. That's not enough to put hook down for the three, um, which makes me wonder was it worth doing in the first place. Uh, then Matt Hardy goes for the twist of fate, and just as he's going for it, Hook reverses it into a submission, and Matt Hardy immediately taps out. So Matt Hardy, the vet, really putting over Hook's submission there uh, by the immediate tap out, um, uh, and now Hook gets to have a no DQ match. Versus Stokely Hathaway, uh, Jimmy. We don't talk. We haven't talked about Hook a lot. Um, you know, he's got. They, they, they've 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 paid the rights to have this this you know, song that he comes out the entrance for. Uh, his his entrance is all black, other than just the letters Hook. He doesn't smile. He's very. But he's got. But all that said, where that sounds kind of like robotic. You know, lights out, not smiling, or not lights out, but you know, black screens, not smiling, whatever. But he's got a certain charisma that does that has connected with the fans just by his. Right. Uh, what, what do you make of Hook? Uh, and he come he and for a smaller guy comes off as a legit tough guy. Yeah. Which which is fine, but like again, it goes back to the selling aspect of things. He he got creamed with the cast and. You know, it's it's one thing to kick out, but after that, they went too quickly onto uh, onto the offense for him. And once he got the tap, you you wouldn't have known he got creamed with a cast that almost knocked him out. 
Yeah. It's, it's, and, it's those little things, you know? Sorry. And yes, Matt Hardy's not, Matt Hardy doesn't love being uh, uh, beholden to Stokely. So I get Matt tapping quickly is also like, you know, just not now, but, but it, it doesn't take away the fact that you still see the visual of Hook putting a submission on Matt Hardy and taps really quick. I, I just, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that, that right. is that. Issa, um, Hook, are, are you, uh, is he the, is he the, the, the handsome devil <laughs> to you that they uh, portray him as? Maybe if you're like 18 years old, not to me. <laughs> not to you don't want any you don't want any FTW championship. No, I just didn't feel this was necessary. Um on the card tonight with a go home show for revolution, but hey. Yeah, all right, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh well this is uh the segment for the women to, to promote the women's uh triple threat that's coming up this Sunday. We get Tony Storm, of course, a Soraya by her side up against Riho. Um, this is Riho's first match. Uh, I believe they said, I believe it was her 2023 de- uh, de- debut, as I think the graphic noted. Uh, eventually, uh, Hader and Britt stroll down to the ringside. Um, uh, hip attack from Tony Storm. Thought that might be it, but that's not. Britt gets up on the apron. Tony then tries to go after her. That allows Riho to roll Tony Storm up and get the victory. And then after the match, uh, Jamie Hader and Soraya come to blows then enter ruby who comes out so you know this is their hard sell to the women's triple threat uh isa overall i mean they, they they do get all the players out there um you know i that part i like i guess my my, my only critique my, my my critique with this whole thing was and I, I, I feel unfair saying this to rico but i can't get say past it. when i, I, when know I you're gonna say I, no it's kind of the same thing you almost had with uh, marco stunt Riho, I'm sure she's athletic and she's trained with the time of this. This has nothing to do with her as a person, but she is so undersized. There's a weird visual here. It looks yeah. like it looks like it looks like you're beating up a child. That that's yes, the does. visual. It looks like you're beating yes, up a child. It does. it does. And not only that, but I don't want to say Tony Storm, who's gonna be in a world title match, lose. I wish it would have been a DQ, like do a messy finish here, do something else. Uh, but seeing Tony Storm lose. And again, it's already very hard. You talked about it earlier. Now I'm with you on this one. Very hard to suspend your disbelief here. This was a and, visual. This was a visual I did not like, especially yeah, with the correct. dreaded roll-up finish. Correct. And uh, with Tony Storm being involved in this match, I, I didn't like the match. I, I thought maybe there was a different way we could have set this up. I did like seeing all of the players at the end. I did like seeing Ruby Soho come out standing strong. I, I did like what they did afterwards. The match, the visuals, is just not something that I can buy. It, it's, it's weird. It's weird for me to suspend my disbelief. <laughs> I'm sorry. But the women, again, at a different time, at a different spot in the show, four weeks in a row, I've been keeping track. I give them props for that. Uh, Jimmy, wh- wh- where are you feeling going into this triple threat uh, for the ladies? No, the, I, it, it's one of those deals where, you know, at this point right now, you can make a case for either, either of them winning, but who is going to get, you know, the reaction that you desire in that case. And, and I, it's, I, I hate to say it because there is some talented women there, but it's just that this match doesn't have me uh enthralled let's put it that way it's just it's one of those matches where i'd say yeah i'm gonna watch it but just out of curiosity to see who wins this thing yeah i hate to say that no especially for a championship match like this but at the same time 
maybe it would have meant more if it was just a regular one-on-one match as opposed to a three-way. Yeah, th- this um, and I'm a fan of them both individually. Uh, and not to make this a WWE thing, I was a fan of both of them under the WWE banner, Tony Storm and and mm-hmm. Soraya slash Page. Uh, I I just I haven't they, they since coming to AEW. The, I, this doesn't this is not it's just not clicking and working for me. Right. Same. Same. Oh. There's, when they say there's something missing. Yeah. There is something missing. Uh, it, well, and, and quite honestly, to see Saray in the ring, it's great to see her in the ring, and it, it makes me to see her in the ring and just to not to feel so like blah about the 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 story and the whatever. <laughs> it's like oh, I'd rather see you bumping in WWE again as pay as the as the woman who who did some great things in WWE, made your debut the night after Mania in New Orleans, and then has a Hollywood movie made about you and your, and your family. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just I, I haven't. I'm not. I'm not bought in yet. Uh, all right, we got the casino uh, tag team battle royal. This is basically like uh, it's a it's a tag team royal rumble essentially, uh, where the teams come out in intervals. We started out with Dark Order uh, versus uh, Wheeler Yuta and Claudio, who seem to be going full heel. We are sticking with this vibe. Uh, next up, we get Roosh and Preston Vance. We get Lucha Brothers. After that, we get Aussie Aussie Open. We get Matt Menard and Angel Parker. Menard has to be hurt. He has to have been hurt for months. The only time they have him do anything physical, it is very light and very quick. He, it, it, it's got to be. I've been tracking this. I don't. That's all I can assume. Uh, we get Top Flight. <clears throat> we get The Kingdom with Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. We get Danhausen and, and Orange Cassidy because Trent and Chuck aren't cleared to go. So that's why we're seeing Orange Cassidy again. And finally, you get Butcher and the Blade. Final two comes down to Butcher and the Blade and Danhausen. And Orange Cassidy and Danhausen, through his powers, is able to come up behind and eliminate Butcher and Blade. So they are added. Danhausen and Orange Cassidy are added to the four-way tag team match coming up Sunday. It'll be them up against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, up against the uh, champions of Guns, up against the acclaimed. Uh, Jimmy, what do you make of this uh, s- this spinoff of like a, a Royal Rumble kind of format? For w- w- with with the tag teams, uh, what do you make of the match itself, and what did you make of the Booking decisions. I, I'm still. It's it's a little convoluted because you get a lot of people in the ring at the same time, especially you know, and it, the fact that you have to eliminate both both members of the team for the team to be eliminated, if I'm not mistaken, right? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so uh, it's an interesting concept, but getting to the the finish of the winning team of Denhausen and and uh, Orange Cassidy, why? Should I care when earlier in the program, when when the other team was ruled uh, un, unable to uh, un, not cleared for to participate in the match, and they asked uh, um, OC if he was okay with entering this match, and he says, "I don't care," and if he doesn't care, why should I care? Fair. I, I, that, that's where I think that's where I think you have to just be comfortable in the context that that's what Orange Cassidy is going to say. He doesn't he doesn't care about anything. But I, I totally get what you're saying, but that's no, I get that. It's, know, that's, I get it's his that's character. The, that's the peculiarness of, of the Orange Cassidy character, right? I get the I get the aloofness of the the character, but at the same time, uh, we talked earlier about people tuning in to see what's going on. If I'm tuning in and I see this guy say, "Well, I don't care," uh, so I tell you what, I'll, I'll match you with something with Orange Cassidy from earlier okay. that I, that I didn't say earlier. Okay, but but but. But you, but I agree with you, especially from the lens of somebody who's not as regular of a viewer, mm-hmm. and they don't fully understand the Orange Cassidy parameters. 
when Orange was having his match against Big Bill. And Big Bill had you know beaten on and all the stuff, and then Bill tries to go and and really put the hammer down by delivering a big boot. And Orange, because he was so beaten, kept falling, but it but it looked comical. Mm-hmm. And because of his gimmick, it makes everybody laugh that he just he's just aloof and falling. It it it, it came off more as a comedy spot, more so than he's selling the brutality of Bill's offense. Right. So I agree with you. It, it, I, if you are looking at it through that lens, it, it does it the com it, it it everything shifts more to comedy. It takes away from when there is there is seriousness. So I I, mm-hmm. I mean I. I'm with you, but I, that's my response is I guess you just have to just put an asterisk that it's Orange Cassidy. Right. Um, but 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 it's a fair critique. Um, Issa, uh, <laughs> Issa, I don't know if I've ever asked you, what do you think of Danhausen? He's all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate. I I, I I will say this. I I I I maybe was late to the game of Danhausen. Danhausen. I might have probably came across him somewhere in the last uh, year, year and a half. Same. And, and but I but I found myself going down a wormhole to fi- whether to find uh, him wrestling or whether it was like he's got like videos of him like Dan like in the Dan has a character of course like making like how to make like popcorn like you know like popcorn you know you know like we've all made popcorn in the microwave like it, it, just ridiculous stupid things and I and I was like oh you know this is a uh, yeah. hey EW this is this is this is RJ City kind of brand of entertainment and comedy. Um, I don't know. I'm, 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 <laughs> I, again, I'm kind of the same way, the way that I'm morbidly curious about how Mox and Hangman might kill each other and bleed. I have a comic curiosity to how Danhausen is going to be take part the of this, pin? Be part of, yeah, take the pin. But, but before that, in this match with, with, with the level of talent that isn't, because there's a lot of talent in this match. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's the acclaim, there's Jeff, there's, you know, the guns are, are, are emerging as, 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 mm-hmm. as up and comer. So, uh, this will be uh, this will be a one that I did not expect that I'm going to be watching, but I, I will watch for this. Very interesting, a very interesting match matchup. Uh, some teams that we weren't expecting, including Den House and Orange Cassidy. I mean, they ended up adding them tonight, so it was just a nice addition. Um, I I'm with you on that. I became more familiar with Den House and towards his time here with AEW. I did not go down a rabbit hole. But the one thing that I always admire about him is that I always that I knew who he was. I heard the name, and it wasn't somebody that I like watched wrestling. He hasn't been in any major anything, but once he showed up, you know exactly who he is because he knew exactly how to use social media and how to market himself. So I'm excited about that. I just I just don't know that I really like this match. Again, it almost feels it almost feels to me like the powerhouse hops. When I was okay with the team that won, I'm okay with the team that with the match that we're gonna get at Revolution. I just don't know that I. That I thought the match was like the best, but I had the same critic last week. I'll do it again. These battle royals are very visually difficult to watch when there's mm-hmm. a lot of people in. Once it starts getting down, it gets a lot more interesting. I wish, I don't know why, and no offense to them, I think everybody in this match was talented, but leaving it down to Orange Cassidy and Dan House and against the Butcher at the Blade made it very predictable who was going over. So I wish it would have been a different team in that position you know like you had the lucha bros there there was a couple of teams that i i that i could have gone like oh this could go either way when it came down to the final two teams i kind of knew who was going to go over you had top flight they beat the young bucks recently like i wish it would have came down to different two teams just to make Mm -hmm. me like be at the edge of my seat a little bit more interesting Hmm. um 
what do we? I mean, so we're going to this this tag match here. Uh, you know, the, the guns have the titles, but obviously the acclaimed is certainly the most popular. Like, what what what, what do we think's going down here with that? Maybe this is where the big turn happens, and Dad becomes Dad again. Mm. Oh, oh, come on! The, the story that they've been telling us for the last few weeks on AW Television clearly tells you that Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. <laughs> Mm. Are winning this title? <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know how it goes. I hope we see a big angle here. But I mean, I am actually looking forward to this match. A lot of talented teams in here. Uh, but I'm more scu- more curious about the guns and the acclaim story. I'm gonna predict that at one point Dan House is gonna try to lay a curse on Jeff Jarrett, and Jeff Jarrett's gonna smash a guitar for Dan. One thousand percent. You know oh, it. It's, it's gonna it's gonna be slap nuts housing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will uh, say one thing. I did interview Dan Housen, and he did not curse me. Oh. I, and again, I give I, I give I, cre- I give credit to a guy like him who you know he's not the biggest guy you know. And I think I even saw an interview with him out of character where he basically said that he was, you know, he'd fall to kind of generic wrestler. B was pretty much getting ready to just call it quits. Came up with the character, and and I'm I'm, I'm obviously extremely summarizing here. Came with this character and kind of took off his life of its own. I always get props. Any, any, if you can get the amount of reaction you can get without having to take a bump, hey, that's 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 a, that's a life that could be well lived. Uh, Look at the chat here. The chat's kind of talking about uh, tickets to the show here. So Sergio is saying, I thought about buying tickets for Revolution, but the card is subpar on the on top. The rainy weather that is anticipated on Sunday, along with the show, won't end up until 9 p.m. On top of it taking another 90 minutes. So he's saying that he was hesitation hesitating because of that. Uh, but then we have um, David saying, I regret buying tickets to wow. pay-per-view. Revolution has an underwhelming card. So interesting hmm. just to hear some dialogue. You may still enjoy it. You know, hey, go in there with an open mind. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what uh, yeah. we'll see what happens. Christopher saying, uh, I still think this is the best time to bring back FTR. That's, a, that, yeah, that's one we haven't talked about. FTR, obviously, they've been off TV for months. Dax does his podcast. Um, a lot of speculation. I believe they've confirmed mm-hmm. that their contracts are done in April. A lot of speculation about are they – obviously, they were big deals in NXT. They were obviously big deals under the Triple H creative led in NXT. So a lot of speculation about are they Stanford-bound again. Mm-hmm. Even though Dax has been very open about saying that he's formed a really pretty good relationship with Tony Khan. Um, right. So I don't know. That'll be, that, that's that's going to be one of those ones to watch see where we head out to mm-hmm. all right uh now it's time to uh sell the main event we start with a video uh video package uh yeah look we're building to an iron man match i can't help mm-hmm. but not you know relate things to sean brett it, you know had a little bit of feelings of sean brett for 96 we're watching the training we're what we're hearing all the impactful sound bites so we get this entire package and then coming up after the break we're going to hear from brian danison brian's in the ring with renee uh he talks about how you know, they well actually first of all they alluded to a a post a social media post that MJF made in 2014 about he was dropping out of college and going to start training for wrestling and I'm guessing 2014 because Brian that was when he had his mania victory I'm guessing he must have referenced Brian in some kind of like almost like as an uh, inspiration they mentioned this post I think they were supposed to show it on TV, but they never did. I get, I think they might have shown it on the screen because I saw fans looking up and kind of pointing mm-hmm. at it. Uh, so that was a again visual production. Visual had me at a loss. Um, but as I'm trying to figure that out, MJF's music then hits, 
you know, Brian's then listing all the ways that MJF, you know, hates Brian and, and what, and, and why, and why MJF thinks he deserves all these things that Brian has. Uh, and then he tells MJF that he, that MJF deserves his fiance to have left him. Something that MJF revealed in a recent promo. Uh, Brian says that he left a job previously that would have paid him for life. Of course, referencing WWE, he did that to come to AEW and fight, and, and basically tells Moxley or tells Moxley, tells and tells MJF that you better come ready to fight for sixty minutes because if you don't, uh, they they bleeped it out. But I think it was something to the effect of I'm, I'm gonna you know kick your effing head in. Yep. Um, Isa, uh, was this the right? They were kind of pressed for times. So I think it was a little rushed, but was this the it was just the best go home final sell for this. I love this segment. I love everything that Brian said here. I thought Brian, look, I, I, I like what these two guys have done. But after tonight, I think he sells the pay per view. I think he sells the main event, and I think he makes Brian look like a very credible contender where he could go either way. Um, I thought it was perfect, and he left MJF speechless. We didn't hear from MJF, which is very, very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, did we not hear from MJF because they were rushed for time? Like, was he supposed to speak more than he did, or was this the right thing to do? We saw MJF selling the visual, visual, my word again, mm-hmm. to the camera. He looked a little shook. After Brian mm-hmm. cursed at him and said what he said, MJF looked like he finally was, the reality was finally setting in that after all those obstacles he tried to put Brian through or whatever, whatever, that MJF is not out of this. He has to now deal with this. Um, uh, was him not talking that much? Uh, was that a selling point to you? It was absolutely a selling point to me because here he comes out, they hit his music in the middle, cutting off, you know, Brian Danielson in the middle of his promo. So you hear, okay, here comes the, the, the big, uh, you know, sell from MJF, but Danielson cut him off back and cut a scathing promo. One of the best I've heard, uh, Danielson do in his career. He was awesome in this. And I even have it written down here, you know, no words from MJF. He was left speechless and I loved every minute of it. And this is what sells. Here's a guy who talks people into uh, seats and talks people in front of their screens with his words who didn't get a chance to do so. And the other guy did. Yeah. I think it worked perfectly because it took it, it felt like it took him out of his wheelhouse. And now whether it was planned that way or not, it doesn't matter because it came off really well the way it did. I think right, it folks. would sorry, I, I think it would have lost a little bit if we would have got a retail retail reply. Exactly. I think it was a leaving a JS speechless that made it that much more efficient. Yes. I I, I agree with everything said, and I'm almost gonna say the fact that MJF didn't really get the final word, which is so unprecedented for him, to me, that's that hint, hint, wink, wink. He did not get that final word tonight by hook or by dastardly crook. He is going to get the final word Sunday. And I, my prediction is he retains his title. Issa, what say you? Give me your prediction. Who's walking out as world champion? I am going to say MJF. However, that's my prediction. I wouldn't be mad if it's Brian. So I'll leave it at that. I think MJF oh, I would, wins I here, would. but I would love to see Brian have a run. I just don't think that MJF loses on his first pay-per-view title defense. And I think that MJF is going to walk out of this match looking incredible because holding, like keeping up 60 minutes with Brian is, is, mm-hmm. is, is something that is going to really make him look good. Yeah, no, I don't think you can be in your right mind 
and be mad at having a promotion where you put your world title on Brian Danielson. But I, but, but I, I just, I, I use, I use that term of words because you know NJF is my favorite, and I don't want to say that I'm necessarily rooting for Brian here. But tonight, I was rooting for Brian here, <laughs> even though I think I know who's gonna win. <laughs> MJF just had such momentum behind him uh, yeah. ever since coming back from after being his absence and his problems with TK, apparently. Uh, Jimmy, uh, MJF versus Brian Danielson, who walks out as world champion? It's, I think it's unanimous. I, I think MJF, I think that's where the money is. You know, in, in you, mm-hmm. uh, again, we talked about Christian being a natural heel drawing heat. Uh, MJF is that guy, too. And you can build up to the next superstar, babyface superstar, and, and, and I hate to put it this way. It's, you know, people associate Brian Danielson with WWE coming over. The next babyface superstar could be someone like it, even though he did come from WWE as an Adam Cole. I could see that being the next babyface to hold the championship. But then again, uh, I'm thinking a little too far ahead. Sunday, I believe MJF, like you said, by hook or crook, comes out retaining the AEW Heavyweight Championship. So there you have it. Predictions have been made. Bets have been placed. We'll have to uh, own up to it all next week. It's been a fun episode, everybody. Uh, really thanks everybody in the chat. Been alive the chat. Uh, again, as I said towards the beginning, please, uh, whatever platform, YouTube, um, you know, Twitch, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it is, video, audio, what have you, if you could just leave, take go to the Wrestling Inc.'s channel and leave a five-star review and leave some comments. Um, leave a comment on on, on, on this particular episode. Um, you know, tweet any of us. Let us know where you are, how you listen. Also, um, let us know your predictions. In the, yeah, the give me a comment section. Yeah. Let us know who you guys mm-hmm. think are going over in these matches. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you just heard us talk for an hour and 16 minutes of our <laughs> predictions. So we've given you we, we've laid out all the context we've given you all the backstory and all the factors to weigh uh so mm-hmm. take all that and let us know what you think um would love to see that uh isa plug it away girl go ahead nyc demon diva uh over on my social media also here on youtube you guys can also find me here tuesday wednesdays and fridays also i'll be here after revolution uh also lucia Libre online know your news i'm everywhere right now just just look me up jimmy well, like like tonight, I'm here Wednesday nights with you two and uh, Triple J on Monday nights uh, after Raw. And you can catch me Wednesdays doing the Riffin' It Up podcast with my good brother in stripes, Brian Hemner and uh, RJ, who runs the show for us or helps uh, guide us. Let's put it that way. This week's episode, we talk the career of uh, legendary Timmy White, who is just an awesome human being. And uh, again... Awesome. And, and also you can catch me doing my ref and rants from Monday to Friday on all my social media platforms where I have a little fun. Is there talk of the friendly tap? Oh, how can you not talk about Timmy White and not talk about the friendly tap? Timmy White, one of the great referees. Timmy's referee, not to, maybe this is just like a little like hint, hint, go check the podcast out. Timmy's, well, obviously, famously, Andre's handler. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then his refereeing career came to an end. Jimmy injured in Hell in a Cell, right? Yeah, I think it was uh, it was the Jericho Triple H one mm-hmm. where he injured his shoulder, and then he took time off. And when he came back, uh, I want to say it was WrestleMania where he re-injured it, counting the finish, <laughs> and and it just there he became a uh, a road agent. Let's yeah. put it that way. And yeah. uh, but again, one of those. Great, great 
great guys. You, you know, I I can't think of anybody who has a bad thing to say about Timmy, except someone who might have been thrown out for the friendly tap for having a rough night. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We'll check out the reference. Uh, uh, Reffing it up, right? Yes. Reffing it up podcast. Uh, with uh, with Brian and Jimmy, uh, I'm at Justin Lavar. Of course, follow me across all of the socials. Uh, no spar with Lavar this Friday, so uh, don't uh, don't don't count on your sparring session Friday morning. But um, Monday nights, Wednesday nights here on the Wrestling Podcast, and of course uh, all day er day on Twitter. All right, that's gonna do it. Um, appreciate all of you as always. Be nice to everybody. It's a crazy world, so this these are supposed to be our fun escape spaces. So be nice, support everybody, support the podcast, support each other. Leave some nice comments. Don't be a jerk and leave nasty comments. We might call you out if you do so. Uh, that's going to do it. Tune in to uh, the pay-per-view this Sunday. Find out how good or bad we are at our predictions. Uh, it'll be interesting one way or the other next Wednesday. See you then.